My teen is afraid to have a conversation with their coach. Are you talking to me, Nate? Yeah, yeah, my, my kid's scared out of their mind. What am I gonna do with her? Oh, I thought you would have uh, handled this by now. Well? This is a hard situation. It is a hard situation. I mean, we just got done with two episodes where we're talking about <laughs> how coaches hate players. <laughs> is, this why, is this why she's afraid to talk to her coach? No, it's, she's actually not. I'm, I was just playing along with your-, your Oh, I was along playing with, along? Yeah, I thought you were. So yeah. I figured I'd play along with you. Anyway, good times. Now, she, uh, she's done with her any performance and stuff activities. But, you know, as I, as I look back, each one of my kids that has done performance or sports, they have this point or they have this idea at some point. They, they want to talk to their coach, but they're scared to do it. That's really common. Like, and we know, we know this as dads because our kids have had it. Your kids got to have that conversation <laughs> with their coach at home. <laughs> Yeah. Which is I, a different dynamic, but. They were always pretty easy. Yeah. I'm thinking of a five-syllable word right now. Can we say that on the podcast? Not that five-syllable oh. word. No, another one. Okay. Which one are you thinking of? Intimidation. Intimidate. Is that five? Intimidation. I think so. Where does that intimidation come from? Well, I think we have to bust out our, one of our favorite questions or one of our favorite phrases. Which is? All progress starts with the truth. Yes. So how that's, do you, is it true? That's a great way to look at it. Why are you, why are you feeling intimidated? Is there well, actual intimidation coming from the coach? Uh, I mean, I feel my head is now just swirling because kids are afraid to talk to coaches because they think that there may be repercussions against them. They, the coach may, the classic one, oh, well, the coach will just yell at me. Right. The coach will get mad at me. Yeah, there's a lot. There's there's some issues here. You just made me think of a different level to that that I've never thought of before. With the, with the idea of all progress starts with the truth. Maybe that conversation is intimidating because the kid is uncomfortable hearing the truth. Because you can live in a space where it's like, oh, you know, this, that, the other. You can make up all the own excuses. But when you go and have that conversation with a coach and you get their actual things on it, now you know the truth. And the truth can be really intimidating. So it could be like that's a whole different level to this that I'd never even thought of before. But, you know, maybe getting to the truth itself. And when you go and talk to the coach, if, you, if they tell you the truth, now you don't have any more excuses. So is that why people always say the truth hurts? That's part of why they say that the truth hurts because the truth is, well, the truth is the truth and the truth itself can be intimidating. And if you're, if you think you know the truth, but you don't officially know the truth, it gives you an out. But once you know the truth, now you got to go forward. And if the coach says, hey, you got to work harder on this and this. Now it's like, oh, crap, I got to actually work harder on this and this. Right. Wow. You sound like a coach. You sound like you're <laughs> siding on the side of a coach. I, well, I'm going to take the side of the player, though. Do it. In this. What if they're, what if they, what if they really are intimidated by the coach? They are. There's positional intimidation for sure. Like just, just the position as parents, we know this too. It can be hard for a kid to talk to their parents because of the position. So positional intimidation is a real thing. Uh, and then some coaches add another level of intimidation by being more authoritarian or being 
you know, super strict about things. And so that can add a whole nother level to it too. It's an intimidating conversation to have. It is. I think about talking to my boss, like that's an intimidating conversation to have. I had multiple, I, I had so many students say that they were intimidated by me. Mm-hmm. Can I tell my puppy story? Please puppy away. <laughs> <laughs> Pup it up. In fact, I used to laugh at this so much and I, I guess I understood why s- some students would think that uh, I was intimidating because, okay, I'm a male figure, I'm the basketball coach and um, very, very passionate, very competitive. And then I was also the driver's ed teacher. And there's, there's some points where you don't just, you don't just always gently say, Hey, let's don't drive off this, you know, thousand foot (laughs) cliff. And so you would raise your voice. And of course, in a confined space, they consider that just all out yelling and, and rating and, uh, and, you know, you have to take a driver's test. And so it's easy for teens to, you know, put this intimidation tag on, on, people like me. So there was, there was a, I had a rolling cart up in front of my classroom and I probably for five years, I kind of got tired of this, so I quit doing it, but I just had a framed picture of my dog uh, when he was a younger puppy and his name was Champ and he was a Maltese poodle and he was just, he was so cute and you, his eyes like, when you looked at him, it was like he can melt the heart of a serial killer. I mean, he was just like he was he was so cute. Ted Bundy, look at this puppy. <laughs> he was so cute. And, you know, whenever I showed it, like even the even the boys would just have to admit, yeah, yeah okay, he's cute. cute. And then of course the girls would just fawn and they'd just mm-hmm. be like, Oh, oh, he's so cute. So whenever this would come up in class and we would have kind of a joking conversation about, well, coach, you are intimidating. I would just pull out the picture and just hold it <laughs> in front of the class. And I said, the person that loves this puppy and would die for this puppy and is showing you this puppy, that person is intimidating. And anyway, it always got, I a, love that. It got a few laughs, I, but, but to, the point I'm trying to make here is, it, as a parent, if you can dig in with some good questions here, yes, you could possibly break down this. Uh, puppify the coach. Puppify the coach. Puppify the coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, the, a, that's uh, fabulous. That might make it into the title of this episode. <laughs> puppify Puppification. The <laughs> Love it. But so, getting to getting to the truth of yes. okay, why? Why do you think, and I'm, we're talking about preparation before, because this is hard for the team, but we're also talking about a life skill that they need to learn. Yeah. Critical skill. So if you can do some prep, how can parents prep to help them go into this conversation with confidence, with some assertiveness, maybe Mm -hmm. not aggressiveness, but assertiveness. Good way to describe it. And with an actual tactical plan. Well, it, it's a good chance for the kid to portray confidence to the coach if they come in knowing what they're going to say and what they're going to ask. And I think one of the best things parents could do is create some questions with their, their son or daughter. What are you going to ask when you go in there? And I know we have a few questions down the just just to throw out as ideas. 
what's the one that you you love? Like I, I had one like it and then you made it 20 times better. Now I'm drawing a blank on well Well, my question was where do you see me in the program? Oh, okay. Because I, I think Should that's we a jump, fair let's question. Let's just jump right into the off season then. Okay. Because this is a this is the great time for this. Yeah. I don't think it I don't think in season or during the middle of the, you know, you're on the third night of a five run night three sequence games, five of the nights. play. <laughs> Or uh, this is uh, during the intermission of your, uh, you know, big choir concert. You know, I think this is this is best away from the main season. Yeah. So, and I'm just drawing on my experience, and this is certainly nothing that I created. It was I just always tried to steal from the best and learn from the best, and then adapt and adjust accordingly to you know my style, but. The, you know, when you ask, where do you, where do you see me in the program? And that could be, for me, that would have been an easy question because in the off season, that was actually part of individual meetings that I had with players. And we, we definitely followed the rule that all progress starts with the truth. And I would be, I would just be honest, even if it was, I mean, it's always easier to say, well, we we picture you as a major contributor, and and uh, uh, see you getting you know building on the role that you had last year, and you know it's like minutes. you know you high five each other, and everything's just happy, and they go home and tell their parents like, yeah, things are great. It's it's a different situation when you have somebody that you actually may not project making the team because, yeah. like in basketball, we coached a sport where. The group gets whittled down the yes, older they it get. It gets tight. Like you're fast. starting with like, you know, 10 to 15 kids in a class. Well, I don't know of any varsity teams where you have 15 players as seniors yeah. that are, I mean, it gets whittled down. So we would, we would talk about that. But I was thinking if, if a player went in to a meeting with a coach, and maybe you don't even know if the coach has thought about that yet or if they're going to tell them. Or maybe you don't have formal uh, one-on-one meetings where this is discussed. Then if you went in with the approach of, hey, I need help with something. and mm, I love that. And you also went in with the attitude that, coach, I really I need help with something. And uh, you explain that you want you want to have the best attitude and you want to give your best effort to controllables. You're, you're focusing on the things you can control, but in order to do that, you would really like to know where you stand. You would yeah. like to know. And so in, I think instead of say, where do you see me in the program? Asking something like, um, have you thought about where you see me in the program next year or next season. Ah, that's such a subtle little difference there. I love that. Because if the coach isn't, hasn't thought about it yet, it, it kind of lets him off the hook or yeah. lets her off the hook. And she can say, you know, this is, is something I haven't thought about a lot right now. It is something that we're going to be working through. Yep. That Then you, the conversation goes in a much better place. Yeah. If they have thought about it, I honestly don't know of any coaches that would not be happy to hear that. And it's a great opportunity. I know in my experience, 
I had to tell players, we actually project you as not making the team next year. Yeah. And this would be in March. And so now we're talking about in, in tryouts are in November. So we have an eight month period yeah. called, called our off season where a lot happens. That's, I actually believe that's where players are made. I agree. Is in the off season. And, but now you, you have a chance to do this in a very classy manner, very professional manner. And now you can really talk about any deficiencies. Yeah. The player can open up and talk about what they, where they project. I would ask, I would ask the, the kids, where do you project yourself? Wow. And if they were, if there was not alignment there, now you can really make some progress. And it was so, it was so awesome, Nate, in so many instances where I actually had players that chose to give up playing. And you might think, why is that awesome? It was actually awesome because they were able to come to that decision on their, their own and they decided, I don't want to, I don't want to put in all of this effort here. I'm going to put it there. I'm going to put it in this other place. And in, in many cases it was, okay, I'm going to focus more on this other sport. I had yeah. many, I promoted multi-sport. I still love multi-sport. And so they would, they would, I would have players that would come back and we would have a great relationship. And now they were able to go get like in the batting cage yeah. more. Be and, free to go do more and, of something uh, else. And it was joyful for them. On the flip side, I had players that were not, would have not made the team had I just kind of left it up in the air. Not said anything and just rolled. Because what's, I think the general assumption is on their part is, well, everything's okay. Yeah. I was on the team and I made the team before. You know, I, I made the team before. You're going to make the team again. And it, it was pretty awesome to see certain players. And this is, this is not just one player. This is multiple players over my two decades as a head coach. They would work. They, they got serious and they worked on those things. And they, whether we agreed on them or not, it was like, yeah, I need to do this to fill this role. Yeah. I need to become this kind of a leader. I need to, um, I need to be more present when I'm present at our off season activities. And you could see them work and it was like, and then it became, then we get to November and it's like, hmm, this kid that I did not project to be on the team, this is a no brainer. We absolutely have to have him on our team. Wow. Not just because he worked hard, like most of your players work hard, but it's like, wow, look at this progress that he has made. And it all started with a conversation. Now, in my case, I made it easy for him, whether they were intimidated <laughs> by me or not. You it was invited him in. <laughs> like we had, we had scheduled spring meetings during the moratorium. If you're in a situation where that is not a formal thing, I believe this, the player can and should create this on their own. Yeah. And parents can help make that happen. Like they, they can encourage that conversation. They can prep their kids to have that conversation to go in. I love that. I think the question you had there for the player, where do you project yourself? That might actually be a great parent question to ask their kid. Because now the kid has to jump in that, okay, where do I see myself? And then that sets them up to go in 
and have that conversation with the coach and see maybe it lines up, maybe it doesn't. But just thinking about that beforehand would be a good thing. I think this aligns with stop parenting and start coaching. Yes, it does. As a parent, you jump in. So what, as a part of this prep, yeah, I like this, where (laughs) this is going. So as a part of this parent prep, you're basically talking about role modeling here too, or or not role modeling. Well, yeah, that too, but- Well, you could encourage them to. Like like, if you were doing an action, do a role play. Yes. Like how would a parent do a role play on this to- Prep the, I say prep the questions first, get the kid to have like four or five questions and then- have the parent jump into the role of representing the coach and just role play it. And then the kid can actually ask the questions, feel what that's like. You as a parent can perceive what the question comes across as. And you might be able to say, oh, let's tweak that question a little bit. Because if I'm sitting there as the coach, that might make me feel defensive. And you can tweak and change and work together to help prepare. Another thing that helps so much with role playing is practicing the tone. Practicing the attitude, practicing, you know, how you, the confidence you're projecting yourself with. Those could all be really beneficial for a, a, a player to practice with their parents before approaching the coach with a conversation. I I'm thinking back as a coach too, and as a teacher, when somebody comes to you and asks for your help on something, it immediately changes the whole, whole aura of the conversation. Because now, you know, you're going to you're going to be talking about something that my guess is, is going to be pretty specific Mm -hmm. rather than a general thing. I know when we're talking about in-season stuff, like there is a general question that is asked to coaches all over. In fact, if we were to, like if we had a heat map of the world (laughs) right now, Nate, and we had a, we had a, we had a little mark registered for when this question is being asked. I'll bet you it is being asked more than 1,000 times right now in this instant. Yep. Saturday, the, Saturday practices. The, that's right. It's the, a perfect time to grab the coach and do ask. Do you know what question I'm talking about? What do I do to get more playing time? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you actually said it word for word the way I was going to say it. Yep. And, and we're that, not making fun of that no, question. No, that, it's, it, a, it's a valid question. It's a great in-season question. I actually love having that conversation with players because I think it helps you get to, hey, these are the specific skills you could be working on this week with an end game of increasing your playing time. It's a good conversation to have. Great question. Very fair. And I think I may be wrong on this. I think if more players and coaches and now and parents – you know, can play a great role in this, as, as we've said, by prepping them, helping them, having them, asking them the questions. Mm-hmm. The more players that were to do this outside of their season, I think they would get to the truth faster. And be able to do more with it. Exactly. Yeah, that's, it's so great of a question asking that off season because now you have, plus you diffuse the emotion. There's less emotion involved in the off season than there is when you're in the middle of it. It's like when you're shooting those class five rapids, you're making zero corrections. And when you're in the middle of the season, yeah. especially when it gets towards the end, you are shooting class five rapids. There's very little adjustments you can make. You're on your course and you got to stay that course or bad things are going to happen. But yeah. when you're in the off season, it's just like paddling down the river. It's calm and peaceful. You can change course. You can stop and watch some scenery. You can appreciate things. You can eat your lunch in the boat. Much easier time for those things to happen and have those conversations. I have I have so many musical 
um, <laughs> memories and when like when you go off on one of your things like that. <laughs> I just thought of Glenn Fry. Oh no, an, an old '80s song. It's called "The Heat Is On." <gasps> I love that a great, song. A great saxophone. My mom loves that but, song. You actually know that song? I know that song. You don't know Pink Floyd, but you know Glenn Fry. Absolutely. The heat is on. Yeah, that's it. And I but you're so right. That's why the that's why the off season, I love those meetings. I do too. The off season. I actually those meetings love those meetings because because you love to help. Coaches yeah, actually do. really do love to help and you turn the pressure down on the coach, you're in the off season and you go to the coach and say, "Can you help me with something?" I don't know why more coaches don't do it. I applaud I, all the coaches that And there's that a lot do. there's a lot to do. And the ones that don't, this would be this would be game changing for you and yes. your teams. It would be life changing for your for your players. Yeah. And I mean, don't you want don't you want the player going into off season that like the player that knows he has to ramp things up yeah. to give them the opportunity and then watch them grow? Also, That's don't you rewarding. want the? Don't you want to have the, the the conversation with the the kid that now chooses to? You know what? I'm not gonna. And they may not fully understand it, but I love those conversations later, as seniors, as graduates. Later, hey, thanks, coach, for. Yeah. Um, and usually there's a little some ribbing like, yeah, I know you didn't want me. I oh, I wasn't a very good shooter, or whatever. <laughs> like you didn't want me on the team, but you know what? I really appreciate that you were honest with me and that that we had had the conversations that we had. Yeah. Those it, are those are great when their their 17 year old brain moves to like a 24 year old brain <laughs> when yeah. it's finally developed and they yeah. think thinking. Um, I I really think a good way to wrap this up is. If, if you can flip the question a little bit. So if, if you have a team that's afraid to have a conversation with their coach, what if you get them to think along the lines of, or ask them a question like, what if the coach is waiting for you to approach them? What if the coach is waiting for you to have a conversation with them? Because I know, especially with this off-season conversation, I love those I think most coaches do because most coaches want to see their players grow and improve. Parents and coaches are on the same team a lot more than we give it credit for. Yes. We both love the kids. We both want kids to grow and improve. And if parents can encourage that conversation by saying, yeah, maybe the coach is waiting to have that conversation. Let's work on that. Let's prep you. Let's get you ready for that. And then you can go and ask that coach for help. I think that would help a lot. Great life skill too. So they're gonna good. have to use. Oh my goodness! I mean, how is how important is this going to be with Tough colleagues, bosses, spouses, uh, their own kids, their own kids' coaches? <laughs> yes. Tough conversations in, are a big in part friend, of life. in friendships with you know yep. just your your people. Yeah. This is, interventions with family members. You know, so many critical conversations, and it's just being able to have them. And this is a great opportunity for those kids to practice. Parents, we respect the heck out of you for jumping in and doing this. Help your kids know these conversations are worth having. They're hard, but they are worth having, worth practicing, worth preparing for. Role play with those kids and help them get ready. And I would like to finish with a promise that, uh, mm. I, I mean, I know sometime this spring we're going to be going to, we're going to be shifting to video podcasts. Ooh. And I promise to show a picture of Champ. Oh, 
I'm looking forward to that. I think everybody is too. Hey, don't forget to email us any questions, thoughts, ideas, uh, create, transform, become. All one word. All one word at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Keep growing yourselves and being great MVPs. On behalf of Steve Galley, I'm Nate Crandall, and we thank you, our loyal listeners, for tuning in to this episode. If you love what you're learning from the Stop Parenting and Start Coaching podcast, we would appreciate it very much if you would leave us a five-star review and some glowing comments. We also encourage you to share this episode with your friends and family who are parents of athletes and performers. And if you want to explore further and see what Steve and I are creating to help thousands of parents, athletes, and performers, please visit our company's website at createtransformbecome.com. That's create, transform, become, all one word, dot com. There you'll find a growing number of resources to help you elevate your performance. Thank you again for your support, and we encourage you to create a magical relationship with your athlete and performer.